what are we discussing on today's podcast, you ask? Well, we got to preview the D-backs versus Rocky series, and no one to do that better with than Paul Holden of Locked On Rockies, all on today's Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. <laughs> Locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I'm Miller Thomas, host of this wonderful podcast. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please. Go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. I'm there to see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account or look up Locked on Diamondbacks, both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you. My loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms. So please continue to tell your friends. And one of those platforms is YouTube. So please hit subscribe on the Locked on Diamondbacks YouTube channel. But, but without further to do, we got to bring on the man of the hour to discuss the D-backs next series and hopefully the D-backs next losing foe because, of course, we love seeing the D-backs stack win. So we got to talk to the man of the podcast of who we're playing next, the Rockies. So we got Paul Holden of Lockdown Rockies here. Woo, woo, woo. How are you doing today, sir? Uh, I'm doing good. I am enjoying a Rockies off day currently, but uh, <laughs> you know, we are uh, certainly very excited by another matchup with the dreaded Arizona Diamondbacks. <sighs> Serpientes. Yeah. We haven't talked since the preseason and, you know, off day for both of our teams as we're recording this on a Thursday. It's a D-backs fan. You know, we're sitting 14 and 12 atop the division super very early. Of course, can't talk standings too much because people don't like talking standings in April, Paul. But <laughs> since it is so early, there's still so many games to make up. Just how are you feeling so far as an eight and 18 Rockies fan? Not great. I can tell you that. Uh, I mean, I certainly thought this Rockies team uh, was going to be a little bit better there. I, I wasn't blind to its issues, but the issues have been bad and it's been incredibly disappointing to watch the Rockies play bad fundamental baseball. This is a team that's uh, I, I I don't know if uh, necessarily if it's still holding true, but has been leading the league in errors the entire season. If not most of it, I believe it's still going on. I don't think any team has overtook the Rockies. It's a team that has been dealt uh, an incredibly bad hand when it comes to injuries and the exciting prospects have not really come out the gate exciting us. So unfortunately right now, the Rockies are in a really tough spot. And one thing though, it's what's a little bit better, even though the Rockies are still playing losing baseball and are three and four over their last seven games, <laughs> they lost a lot of one run games that they certainly could have won. The, the the Rockies have been in situations in plenty of games where they could have won. But again, when you lack strong fundamentals, 
you lose ball games. Teams will take advantage of that. And that's the most frustrating part. And uh, honestly, uh, you know, the Rockies did have technically statistically the worst pitcher in all of major league baseball uh, and Jose Arena before DFAing him. So uh, very few things have necessarily been great, but there are, there, there are a couple of things, I mean, uh, that to be excited by, but those are my general thoughts uh, going on with the Rockies right now. Yeah. Cheers to DFAing really poor pitchers in the rotation. That has been the theme of both of them. I'm so scared. Bumgarner's heading to the Rockies, dude. I, that sounds like, like, that sounds like such a Rockies move. Herman Marquez, what's going to happen now with him leaving, coming off the IL, leaving uh, his last start early with a different arm injury. Uh, Tons of worry there. Madison Bumgarner's to the Rockies, unfortunately, in my eyes, seems like a collision course. And I, would be so let down <laughs> well let's talk it out paul let's do a quick exercise why are you against madison bumgarner just because i don't know what would be the downside to adding massive bumgarner to the rockies rotation right now even the the rockies top prospects aren't pitchers there's not mm-hmm. a lot of pitching depth in the in the system for the rockies in general but at this point i don't care i want just every young guy that the rockies possibly have because at this point and with the way the rockies have played include with with including these vets in their lineup yes it's april and early i just hope the rockies are willing to punt sooner rather than later and they are showing that that is not the case they have demoted a montero instead of letting him play through a struggle and moved ryan mcmahon back to third base and have Mm -hmm. alan trejo starting at second base every day now so only one of the rockies big name prospects is playing right now uh, on the Rockies at the moment. And, you know, they, they did just call up an exciting prospect in Brenton Doyle, who, who had a pretty okay series against Cleveland. Nothing, nothing to be too upset about with a guy making his debut, especially taking in a three hit game. But the Rockies are showing the wrong sign because again, of their, of their lack of willingness to just punt to rebuild. They, they don't want to do that. And even if you're not super excited by what you have in the minor leagues, I'm more excited to see a young Rockies pitcher come up and make his debut. A Noah Davis, a name that uh, you might you, you'll see in this series, actually, uh, who comes up, has two great starts, and honestly is a is a factor in that DFA of Jose Arena. Jose Arena's performance is part of it, but Herman Marquez Davis is called up to replace Herman Marquez, and Noah Davis is pitches strong for the Rockies, and you're you have to keep him in there. There and so. That's encouraging, but I, as even with the success, how much do I want to see Mike Moustakas play this year? I, to be totally honest, it's not that much, especially if it, it still ends in Rockies losses. Yeah, it's hard for me to disagree with that sentiment just because of where like the D backs are. Like right now, it's like if the D backs do have any shot of the wild card, like I want to be able to put the best players on the field. And it's like a guy like Madison Bumgarner, where just every fifth day you knew you were going to start with like a deficit, basically. You were spying the team two runs. So it's like, why even put that guy out there? If you do have true aspirations of making real noise this year, then having someone like that holding back your rotation is never going to help your team. And even if the D backs, were in a position where they were, you know, maybe in, in fifth place in the NLS right now. It would be the same sentiment. I still wouldn't want Mad Bum in the rotation. I would want to do what you're saying and put as many rookies and young guys in the rotation and give those guys opportunities because even if Mad Bum went to the Rockies, I, I don't think you guys could rehabilitate him. I don't think you guys can help him. It's not yeah, like what what good yeah. would it do to bring Mad Bum in to go pitch at Coors Field? A guy that hates pitching at Coors Field. Madison Bumgarner hasn't necessarily come into Colorado and dominated in his time in Arizona. I mean, he certainly has had good stretch but 
you know, as unfortunate as it is, sometimes, especially pitching nowadays, you just kind of lose it. If you go up against elite hitting and which the NL West and baseball is full of, even though and now with all of the tr- offensive numbers trending upwards, you can't do what you're doing. And that's a frustrating part with even the Rocky successful pitchers and actually leads me to an interesting question, Millard, uh, two pitchers on the bump to start the series. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on Kelly, because I'm part, I like Kyle Freeland a lot as a player and as a guy, he's not, I don't consider him like elite, but I I still think he's a good pitcher and a solid contributor to, uh, to the, to a team, but two players with kind of two different issues. My issue with Kyle Freeland is the home run, the long ball, six home runs given up on the year already for Kyle Freeland in 27 innings pitch. But for Merrill Kelly, 17 walks in 26 innings that's crazy but two pitchers that i think still have plenty of capabilities and their team clearly believe a lot in them to make them the second in their rotations yeah i'm gonna save that question for you paul because that is a premium matchup and anyone who is a d-back to rockies fan needs to go to that game and if you need tickets to the ball game then game time is the best place to do that because I got this sweet little overlay here for our YouTube audience because game time, buying tickets shouldn't be stressful. That's why I use the game time app because game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason so snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and use code locked on mlb for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code locked on mlb for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed to get back into the podcast and answer your question, Paul Holden. Yeah, it's been a weird season to start the year for Merrill Kelly, who I think, like we were just talking about, a deserved number two because he's probably not everyone's ideal version of what a number two pitcher is. And probably in the perfect world, it's more like a number three. But with the way he pitched last year for the D-backs, he was so good, so consistent last season and really was like a workhorse, like quietly had over 200 innings pitched last season. And the thing with Merrill Kelly throughout his whole career they could rely on is The fact that he doesn't walk people like he can eat innings and he's not just going to put dudes on base with sloppy and lacking command, not locating his pitches. But so far this season, it's been a little bit up and down with his command and he's been walking dudes and he's always had like early inning struggles. And we saw that again this year where it's like the first couple innings of a ballgame is the areas where Mel Kelly struggle the most, but then he'll get through those next three or four innings. But then it seems like around that sixth inning again, later in the game, he starts to struggle again. So for Merrill Kelly, the bookends of his start haven't been that bad. The meat and potatoes in the middle have been really good, but it feels like the first and like the fifth or sixth inning, it gets a little wonky for him. So I want to see him get back on track. And this series that we're playing is in, it's in Colorado. So yep. you never know at Coors <laughs> Field. I mean, if you're walking dudes, like he's had a couple home runs allowed too. So if you're walking dudes at Coors Field, like you never know, but 
Maybe you won't have to worry about that as much with the Colorado Rockies this year because I'm just looking at the team stats, Paul. Like the Rockies, for no matter what their record is, they're always like at the top of the leaderboard when it comes to like home runs and average and stuff like that because they play at Coors Field. But right now they're sitting like bottom five in the National League and average runs, home runs. Like what's been going on with that offense? Because that's been like usually the point. Like, like you could usually attribute just being in Coors Field to at least having a league average offense, but that doesn't seem to be the case this year. It's actually been a trend for a while going as far back as even with having Nolan Arenado and in the playoffs of this team, obviously a better offense there, but the offense has just been trending downwards since then. Uh, and this is a team that lacks clutch hitting. This team does not come up big in certain situations. There are good hitters on this team, uh, but they don't string it together. Surprisingly enough, uh, you know, Charlie Blackman and Chris Bryant have kind of proven to be a, a pretty good one, two punch. Charlie Blackman still has his issues and stuff. It's nothing. He's not as a, an excellent hitter uh, to say anymore, but Chris Bryant swinging the bat well, but again, this team just comes up absolute flat and short when it is uh, when it comes to driving in runs and clutch situations. Uh, it, I mentioned the Rockies playing losing baseball uh, and playing close games, uh, multiple one run losses against the Phillies that they blew late that they should have had after a five run lead, uh, and, and and again a team that isn't hasn't taken Coors Field as it's it's it, they haven't made it a place that's a threat for players. It's now a treat for players. It's a place for opposing teams to come in and feast on Rockies pitching that is underperforming and Rockies offense that simply isn't up to par right now and has a lot of people that aren't doing a ton. I mean, yes, CJ Crone has hit, hit five home runs this year, but he's batting 221. I mean, he's still, mm -hmm. I mean, this team strikes out. Good Lord, do they strike out? And it, it, and it's it's just kind of been the same situation, the same story for years now at this point. Uh, I was hoping to see a little bit more from Jerickson Profar, who's had some flashes and some really interesting things uh, uh, from the top. He's I, I think he's been better on defense in some ways than offense, but he's had a couple of leadoff home runs. Um, it's just a team that just is is not really that good on offense right now it's whether it's pitch selection uh whether it's just swinging at bad things and uh, again the young guys that they were hoping for Ailers Montero and, and who is now in AAA and Ezekiel Tovar the starting shortstop just haven't gotten a lot but there's there's signs of, of showing that it's going to improve but uh the bright spot for the Rockies offense uh, is Chris Bryant, 312 uh, average, an OBP of uh, 379 is slugging a 452. It's not incredible, but it's certain Chris Bryant comes to the dish with a great approach and is a Rocky that is likely to contribute uh, with with just solid base hitting, uh, and which is uh, what they're trying to have him do. Uh, it hasn't been hasn't been great. But uh, again, this is a, a, a Rockies team that desperately needs to. I, I like to say weaponize Coors Field, and, and, and they haven't Ooh. done that. Yeah, Chris Bryant definitely seems to be that silver lining in the lineup right now. It's probably, you know, validating to see you give him that big contract. And even though last season was cut short due to injury, he did play well when he was healthy, but now he's back healthy this season, and he's looking like Chris Bryant once again and playing like an all-star. So 
With that being said, does that make you wonder whether, you know, if this Rocky season continues and they continue not to play, you know, good baseball, should the Rockies start to explore what they could get for Chris Bryant? Or do you like, you know what, let's just wait till we get to the offseason. And Chris Bryant is that good. He's living up to the contract. Let's, you know, our team always talks about championship or bust. Let's actually add pieces to this Rockies team and actually build around Chris Bryant. So what do you think the, uh, the Rockies should do? I I put the likelihood of a trade of Chris Bryant very, very low. This is a Rockies team that has wanted Chris Bryant for a long time, and they have their guy for a long time. And I don't, I mean, with the way contracts are going in baseball, maybe Chris Bryant's is actually going to become one that might be less ludicrous than uh, some options uh, that, that might go, especially as I think the next two free agency cycles, there are going to just be some absolute, just a couple of really outlier contracts that kind of throw things out of whack for a little bit. Um, if I'm the Rockies, I certainly explore trading everybody. I mean, every veteran that you have on your team uh, should should be up for trade other than I'd say Charlie Blackman. Because, I, I mean, I, okay. I think Charlie Blackman is the one guy you you would keep for the fan morale and the fan stuff. But, like, let's be honest. Like, if you could get a haul for Chris Bryant, that's what you should do. Chris Bryant isn't going to win you a championship in the next seven years, uh, unless your position, all these position player prospects pan out and the Rockies are able to convince starting pitching to come here. This is a team that doesn't have a huge, they have good and they're at an approving farm system. Sure. Like they had the Rockies have been working to improve that system, but it, but it's not a team that can just turn to and immediately just bring up this whole full crop of people. If you're going to really buy into this next core group of players that you have, which I think is the idea of the Rockies, then absolutely you should. This, this season is a wash. The Padres aren't going to be this bad for a bit. No. You, the, the Diamondbacks in the Rockies are not fighting for the basement this year. It is abundantly clear. The Rockies <laughs> are bad. The, like, <laughs> just, until the owner, the ownership just needs to admit that the Rockies are bad. And it would make what's crazy is I they have this perception of admitting all this stuff and doing all this stuff is bad for business and bad for the Rockies. We're just waiting for them to say it because it's more frustrating for to be an actual Rockies fan and sit here and them to say, no, 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 we're going to do this. And then again, what, where has inactivity at the trade deadline led the Colorado Rockies? It's led them to eight and 18 at the end of April, looking at the bottom of the NLS by a long shot and by a lot of metrics, an awful baseball team. So you cannot continue to do the same thing. And if a team is going to take the the deal, the Chris Bryant money, you know, let's be real. The Rockies will play, will pay $160 million of it. And, and, you know, if they really want to get rid of them, but I don't think Chris Bryant is going to say a criticism of, of the team needing to add players. I think Chris Bryant likes playing right field for the Rockies. I think he enjoys being in a low. He's not under scrutiny of Chicago. The Denver media being scrutiny of the Rockies is not just focused on Chris Bryant, especially if he's going to be playing well. It's going to be more focused on the ownership and the team, the state of the team. So Every it, it, it's not just Chris Bryant, CJ Crone absolutely should be traded. Mike Moustakis should absolutely be traded. Jerks and Profar should absolutely be traded. Uh, they all should be because there's younger guys that could come up and finish the season for the Rockies that you hope to see on the Rockies in the next year or two anyway. Well, I want to ask you, Paul, who you think the best trade asset is on the Colorado Rockies. But if you think you could be a better GM than the Rockies GM, then maybe you need to download the Pro Baseball GM 
app because pro baseball GM is the coolest game I've played in a long time. I've always thought I could be a great major league GM. And as it turns out, it's not all that easy. If you've had the same thoughts and have fantasized about managing your own franchise, go and download pro baseball GM immediately. The game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise playing through seasons and leading your franchise and fans to glory. As you build a historic dynasty in the simulation, you're responsible for hiring the right coaches and staff, managing team finances, scouting and drafting players, managing through difficult personalities and injuries, navigating a franchise through free agency and all the ups and downs of a season. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimately, baseball gm is completely free playable offline play on the go as you want and when you want to right now i'm going against the other locked on and will be host with my phoenix pirates and i'm coming for paul holden's team and i'm trying to win some money out here so locked on dimebacks listeners get a hundred percent free boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on in the game store so make sure to check it out to download the game just visit probaseballgm.com scan the code or look it up on the app store that's probaseballgm.com ultimate baseball gm Start your dynasty today. And don't forget to catch every D-backs hometown pitch on the Sirius XM app when you download the app and search Diamondbacks in the app. Now, Paul. I do want to ask you, because I do think there's some interesting trade candidates on this Rockets team. If they did, uh, you know, become sellers at the deadline, probably CJ Crown would be my favorite target to go after. Not for the D-backs. I'm just thinking of like a general baseball team. I just think as a sweet left-handed bat, power guy, good average, usually having a little bit of a down season. Maybe he'll come back with a new change of scenery and bounce back. But in your power ranking, who do you think would be the best outside of Chris Bryant, the best Colorado Rockies trade asset? And who would hurt the most if he got traded from the Rockies? I think CJ Crone's actually fallen down the list. I think people oh, are going okay. to be very cons- – I mean, here's the deal. Will a team that has other things to pad out be okay with a power hitting first base ad for a low buy at the trade deadline? Absolutely. CJ Crone mm-hmm. can play first base. He's fine. He's not that much of a liability on defense. He's and he will hit a ball 500 feet. He he is certainly capable of doing that. But he'll strike out twice in that game with the bases loaded. You know he has struck wow. out multiple times with the bases loaded. But it's a guy that had 100 RBIs last RBI last year, and uh, it, it's a guy that already has 10 on the season. CJ Crone, when he hits the ball, will be successful. But I'm going to put him at uh, maybe like three because I, I think the Rockies' number mm. one option. I think teams will be very interested to see in Ryan McMahon. I think okay. they're going to see a player in Ryan McMahon that the Rockies something isn't working in the way the Rockies are handling Ryan McMahon and a team kind of like the Yankees saw DJ LeMahieu, I think is going to be a similar situation where they're going to see, Hey, this guy can play gold glove caliber defense. He's had a couple errors already again this year, but you know that the, the Rockies, and I think that might be, a, I think of, a, a, I think a change of scenery might be big for someone like Ryan McMahon. And I did a crossover with locked on Mariners and 
Ryan McMahon would be a player that could fit into that system over there, especially because McMahon can play second base. He can play third base. He could potentially even DH with how highly the Rockies think of him. And uh, I think teams are going to be interested in Brent Suter out of the bullpen for the Rockies. He has been, and again, the Rockies uh, did go out and just get this guy. It's a random one where the Brewers had (laughs) plenty of success. He just walked and the Rockies were just able to luck into a, a certain thing. And a guy I hope the Rockies don't get rid of because I think he is going to be someone that could be a really great piece going forward and potentially the closer of the future for the Rockies is Justin Lawrence. Justin Lawrence, I think, is someone that's going to be intriguing to people because, like I've said a lot on the show, he brings exactly what you're looking for out of the bullpen. Velocity, a slider, funky arm angle, big head of hair. Lots of fun, at least from what I'm looking for, for someone that comes out of the bullpen. You, you know, when you throw a slider from like, you know, way down and like in there and it crosses from looking at your elbow and then it, you know, ends like outside of the plate. Perfect. He's he's been great. So I think that that those are the candidates. But uh, again, people ask this all the time. Charlie Blackman ain't going anywhere. That guy is going to retire a Rocky. I'm almost positive. The the Rockies would have to get something really tempting. The Rockies are not going to trade Charlie Blackman for uh, a lottery ticket prospect or a late round draft pick. There's no way this Charlie Blackman's a guy that plays in the lineup every day, whether it be DH, he's still playing in the field. Uh, He's beloved, but um, I, I would say those are the most likely pieces, but, it's tough because if the Rockies trade pitching, their depth there is so thin that that would make the Rockies in, a, in an even worse situation. Again, I think this is an ownership that's going to really try to avoid that 100 losses, but it, it, it's looming. So, I, And, and I kind of want to flip it in the same sense for you, Millard, it, yeah. for trades for the, the Diamondbacks, but more so also just in sustainability of this team. Team 14 and 12. I think the most impressive thing the Diamondbacks have done is wallop the Dodgers. I think that's a that's a that's a statement you can make in the NL West. So I'm curious, where do the Diamondbacks need to be towards the trade deadline to stand pat or add or not sell and instead maybe think about buying or at least just saying, hey, third wild card is what we're shooting for. Free agency, stuff like that, where is going to be more the focus here. Yeah, that's a good question. I feel like they would have to be, you know, in the wild card race or within, you know, three games of the wild card race. I think you would have to keep up the good vibes that you had from the beginning of the season until the all-star break where you're like maybe around a 500 team. You know, I don't know what how many games are played by the all-star game. Probably 90. Like if you're like 42 and 41 or something at the all-star break, maybe you're second or third in the division. You're two and a half back of the third wild card spot, something like that. Like I think the D-backs would be perfectly content with that. I think they probably... With the way the season's going, like that Madison Bumgarner DFA does tell me the D-backs are serious about this season. So I do think at the deadline, maybe they will try to go out there and maybe add a reliever from maybe the Colorado Rockies if they can. Or maybe try to sure up, I don't know, some spot in the lineup that they feel like could use an upgrade. I feel like they probably wouldn't really upgrade the lineup. It'd probably be a rotation or, or a bullpen move. But I do think the D-backs are taking this season seriously. I don't even think... If we got to the deadline, I probably don't even think they would probably make a big move. They would probably stand pat and just keep the team and ride, you know, what they already have in-house because they have so many young guys already and so many dudes that are talented that have pretty high ceilings and pretty good potential that they just want to see what they, you know, what their actual ceiling is and give those guys as many opportunities as possible. So they would probably stand pat, if anything, if they came to the deadline, maybe add a reliever. But for the D-backs, the way that they're going right now, like, 
D-backs fans, we're not having World Series aspirations or anything like that. Like coming into the year, we're like, if we get an eight in front of that win-loss record this year, whether it's 81 and 81 or 87 wins, like that would have been a successful D-back season. So far, it's gone way better than I expected. And part of that's because the Dodgers and Padres have started off to slow starts. But as we're nearing the month of May, as we're heading to this Rocky series, the D-backs are sitting in first place in the NOS. Not something I thought I would have said, you know, 30 games into the year. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think the NOS is going to get better. I, it's yeah. certainly you're not the the Dodgers and San Diego are not going to flirt at 500 for the rest of the year. But I, I think that's a great mindset to have. And I think certainly, again, if you get 87 wins, you're in the conversation. It does not matter if you have 87 wins, you're finishing the season at least those last two weeks of the year. You're saying we have a shot. It might be, you know, mm-hmm. it, if you lose a couple, it might start being, well, this team's got to lose and we got to win. And then this team's got to lose two in a row, you know, that type of stuff, but it still feels good to be in it. And, you know, if, if it, it's certainly not the same way, but it could pair out to like a, you know, a 2021 Mariners, a, a team that overperforms yeah. we'll and then that. arrives, you know, maybe even a little early next year or last year, and, you know, it's a team that wants to do more. I, I you know, I don't know if there there's the same parallels, but that storyline could certainly be the, 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 the Diamondbacks one. Yeah, I think the most disappointing storyline would being would being like the Baltimore Orioles of last year, where you're overperforming expectations. You get to the deadline, you're in striking distance of the playoffs. And all of a sudden your GM is just trading off your closer, trading off other pieces on your team. You're like, what are you doing? We have a chance to make the postseason. And you're just squandering years. I don't think the D-backs are doing that this year because when you have talent in the building, like windows are so small. And just the way baseball has gone the last few years where we've seen these minus 90 win teams these sub 90 win teams to make it all the way to the world series and you got the braves winning it got the phillies finishing runner-up like i think it's led to so many more gms expanding their mind of you know you don't need 95 wins anymore to be a world series team like if you're in the american league it's probably going to be the houston astros because they're in the championship series every single year since 2017 so you either have to get through them to make the world series and then in the national league it feels like anybody can make it because you got teams like the dodgers and mets who are not afraid to choke it down in the wild card (laughs) division series so it always feels wide open in the national league and that's a great thing with baseball too because it's not like football like in football the playoffs are a single game so anyone can win but baseball even though it's a seven game series it still feels like anyone can win like you kind of really do throw away like the regular season records like in the nba i know the Bucks as a one seed just lost to the Heat, but more than often than not, the higher seeds are going to beat the lower seeds. But in baseball, it really feels like a free for all, like football. Once we get to the playoffs, even though it's a seven game series, so I think that's the best thing that the D backs have going for them. Get in the dance, and how we've seen the playoffs the last couple of years, anything can happen. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it, just get there, I, and exactly. and that's what I was hoping the Rockies were going to try to do in in other years, but but unfortunately, it's fallen flat and. You know, as as we're getting kind of close here, I, they think the thing to look at this series is is the difference. It's an Arizona team that's sitting at the top of the NLS this year instead of the bottom. It's a team that is fighting to get out of the basement versus the team that stayed there. And it's another series where you know there's going to be fireworks too. This is a, it is, Arizona could come into Coors Field and do some damage. They are not no no strangers to doing that. With the NFL draft going on tonight, who are the Broncos picking with their first? Oh. I mean, sec- oh, who are they taking with their third round pick? Is that is that the only pick that they have, Paul? Hold on. I'm sorry. 
tough, tougher. Hey, you got the Nuggets though, right? Hey, nuggets and uh, Nuggets and six though, buddy. Nuggets <laughs> and six. Yeah, maybe we should just turn this into a baseball podcast with Nuggets <laughs> versus Suns next round. Maybe that should just be the headline of our podcast. Paul Holden of Lockdown Rockies. Where can the D-backs listeners find you on social media and everywhere else? You can find us at LO Rockies, Locked on Rockies on YouTube. You can find me at Paul Holden 33. And for those interested, the world's largest in-person Mario baseball tournament coming up in June. If you want to come hang out with the best Mario baseball players in the business, you can check us out there. You can uh, follow me on Twitter for more details there. That's where you can follow me at Paul Holden 33. That's all. That's that's the stuff happening in my world. Millard, what about you for the Rockies fans? Yeah, need it. I'm trying to get locked into the Super Mario Brothers movie. I want to go <laughs> see it in 3D like this weekend. So that's like my next task. Follow me on Twitter at Creator Thomas 24. Look up Lockdown Dimebacks on Twitter, Instagram, wherever. Just search it up on the podcasting, uh, you know, your podcasting app or your social media app. And also follow us, Lockdown Dimebacks, on YouTube as well. That's Paul Holden of Lockdown Rockies. I guess maybe we'll talk after the series. Maybe not, but let's go D-backs, baby.